All right, here we are. MZ, back with you again. Well, so that last one. So I left off uh, talking about getting a side hustle on. And I kind of threw my hands up and said, I can't tell you how to do it, but just figure out something, do something. That was kind of lame. I apologize. I've got way more knowledge to share than that. <laughs> and it dawned on me when I, after I finished that episode, I was like, man, that was a dumb thing to say. So just off the top of my head, and I'm not trying to say I'm some smart guy or nothing, but in the, the 40 out some thin years that I've been on this planet, I've, I've tried to make money a ton of different ways. And some of them successfully and others not so much. But what I can tell you, you, you like with everything, you get out of it what you put in it. The, the motto that I try to go by these days is maximum effort equates to maximum returns. So the more I'm willing to put into something, the more I should come out. This is a law of the universe. Okay. Now I'm not talking about working hard for your corporate masters and all that kind of garbage. Definitely do what you got to do there. But I'm talking about if you're working for yourself, if you're trying to do a side hustle thing for yourself, you better be all in. This is not for dabblers. All right? Dabblers are the ones that, that are just kind of doing it as a hobby. If you're really trying to be a, have a successful side hustle, I don't care what it is, you're going to have to hustle it. There ain't none of this stuff that's just going to money fall out of the tree. You're going to have to climb that tree. You're going to have to find that tree. Okay. So this is all, all, none of this stuff is easy stuff. This is all work involved, but I'll, I'm happy to, you know, share any of this. If anybody's interested. So there is no particular order to any of these. Uh, just listen to them. If any of them sound interesting to you, pursue them. If they don't, no harm, no foul. This is definitely for, for anyone who's uh, interested in trying to get something going on their own. But from the perspective of you got to realize this is going to, this is going to take, if, if it is almost going to be like another full second full-time job. So don't bite off more than you can chew. That'd be my first, my first uh, piece of advice. So, in no particular order, there is online. If you are a digitally savvy person, say you can do digital um, artwork, say you can do music, uh, digital music, spreadsheet, Excel spreadsheets, you're like a whiz at Excel spreadsheets, uh, programming, uh, marketing, uh, doing ads. If anything that you, if you know, have any experience, of doing anything, typing, tra uh, translation, anything that has to do with a computer, the place you need to go is Fiverr and Upwork. Go to those two places, and what they are, it's like a freelance. So let's say, again, you're great at, at doing Excel spreadsheets, and you just it's, it's a passion for you. You love those digits, and you love making them, those formulas, and doing all that kind of crazy stuff. And all you need is somebody just to tell you what, the, what they Wanted to do, and you're all over it. You can make it happen. And even twice as good as, or 10 times as good as what they thought it would be uh, with color coding and 
and tabs and and equations and all that kind of great stuff. So if you if you're that guy, go to these two websites, either one of them, and and just search. There's people that offer that service there as a freelancer, and they get paid for it. They set their own price. You can offer whatever you want uh, or however you want it. But I would suggest, I would highly recommend go through whatever it is your speciality is. Just do some research real quick. Any of these. So you're going to research on Fiverr and Upwork, whatever it is that you're, so if you, you'd like to do those spreadsheets, you're going to type in their uh, spreadsheets and you're going to see what comes up. There's going to be a list of people. Now, you're going to see a lot of different offers. You're going to see a lot of different pricing. Just kind of scroll there, through there. See, look through what it is that they're offering. Oh yeah, I can do that. Oh, I can do that too. Oh, I can't do that. Damn, maybe. I, but maybe if I looked at a video, I could figure out how to do that. And then bang, I could do that. Any of those kind of things. And then see what their pricing is. I've seen stuff as low as five dollars, ten dollars, but I've seen stuff up as, up into the two, three hundreds, and thousands, depending upon what it is. The point is, throw it up there. It doesn't cost. I think there. I'm sure there's a, some sort of a fee. I know whenever I buy uh, from providers on there, I pay the fee. I don't know what the fee is as a provider, but it's all in their web in their website in their description. They how to sell on Fiverr, how to sell on Upwork. They've got all that stuff. But just look on those. Okay. Uh, some things to consider about that is make sure, again, don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't, the first few you may have to do at a, an extreme discount just to start getting some experience with how this even works. Okay. So don't automatically shoot for the moon. That's my first suggestion. On a lot of these, it's going to be like that. You, you, in order to even get your feet wet in this kind of stuff, you've got to get the experience. So you, and the only way you're going to get the experience is if you get people to buy your product or buy your service. So you're going to have to lower some, get, maybe get some lower price. That affects the market a little bit. but So I'm not saying go bottom dollar, but definitely try to keep yourself close to the lowest ones that you're seeing for what it is that you're offering. So don't, don't think, oh, well, I'm so much better than any of these guys. Uh, number one, you haven't seen their work. Now, some of them are going to have their work on in there. Some of them don't. But I'm telling you, there are some very, very talented people working on these two websites. And there's, I'm sure there's others uh, that are out there that are like these. These are the only two that I have experience with, so I'm not going to refer you to anything else. But these two in particular, man, bingo. Uh, give those two a look. Now, as a any of these that you run through that we're going to talk about, you may reference and go back to Fiverr and, up, up, uh, and Upwork to hire a, uh, a provider or a freelancer to do something that you need. Like when it comes down to advertising or marketing your product or marketing your service, if you don't know how to do Facebook ads and you don't have time to learn how to do it, it's easy to order, you know, have one of these guys do it for you and they'll do a bang up job and send you report after report. And, and then they'll, yeah, most of these guys that are on here, check the ones that have like the, the higher seller ratings and stuff. Those are the guys you want to keep with. If you're going to use them as a service and definitely those are the ones that you're going to want to use to model after if you're going to try to be a provider on either one of these is you want to go after the ones that have the high ratings, the high uh, reviews and just see how they're doing it. Okay. And just model it. You're not copying them because you're not, you're not uh, doing the exact same work that they're doing, but you're doing it your style, but still look at how, I mean, obviously they're successful if they've got a tons of reviews, figure out what they're doing, kind of model it, give it your own twist and then bang, get your thing out there. These are, these are, I wouldn't say they're foolproof, but it's definitely, if you, if it is something that you like to do and that you're good at doing, there's no reason not to have it on there. So again, 
It could be stuff that you could be doing while you're watching TV if it's stuff on the computer. I mean, again, it's at your own home, set your own schedule, do it at your leisure time. You always, on these orders, you'll have to put a date of how long it'll take you to do the thing. So just, I mean, don't procrastinate, do quality work, and you can make a ton of money doing that. So that's one to look at. So the next one is uh, is eBay. So eBay is an interesting uh, platform in that for new uh, people that are new to selling on eBay, they will give you 200, up to 200 free listings per month. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means that you can put it up there and it doesn't cost you anything. The only thing it costs you is when you do sell it, they do take a percentage out of that. But if before they had it like this, they charged you a fee to set it up. And there are some still some areas that they do, uh, depends on the product. Um, it, but I think that falls off after, after a period of time. I can't remember exactly, but you could look it up. But I know if you've never worked with eBay before, automatically you'll get those those couple hundred free. Definitely worth giving this a look. Now, if you've got, like me, a garage full of clutter and, and, and stuff that's in boxes, right now that's, that's one task that I'm doing. I've, I set myself a goal. At least uh, four or five things a week I'm going to get listed up on eBay uh, or Facebook Marketplace. Um, it's kind of the same um, kind of set up if you want to use that. There's a couple other sites that might have similar stuff as e the way eBay is set up, but I, I'll, I'll reference eBay and Facebook Marketplace for this just because I've used both of them. Now, the, the thing about Facebook Marketplace, though, is it's tied to your Facebook profile, so be careful with that. Make sure your stuff is on private, and that's easy enough to do. Uh, just go into your, your profile and get all your stuff set to private, but even then, still, it some people may not want to have their Facebook uh, profile out there in the public for people to even know about. So that may not be enough. But with eBay, you can keep your anonymity, make up your own uh, username, make it as, as random as you want, but don't make it too weird um, because that's kind of going to be on all of your listings. But definitely, anonymity, you ain't got to worry about that. Now, whenever they you do start selling stuff, they're going to see your address. Or So if you if you have a problem with that, get a P.O. box or use a, you know, a, a neighbor or a relative's address if you don't want to have your public address out there. But again, it's all public access anyway. Your address really isn't hidden, hidden from anybody. So I wouldn't be bothered with that. Um, now, so back to eBay. So again, if you've got garage, garage stuff, great. It's a great way to do that. It gives you, it opens, instead of, just having like a garage sale, uh, you have you, you can put it out to the to the rest of the country, and and ship it off. And and you can have the the buyer pay the shipping, or you can include that as part of the, the part of the price. It's up to you. There's multiple ways they do bidding, uh, you know, so auction style, or you can just put a flat price. You can do quantity discounts, like if it's a, a something that people could buy more than one. You can say, you know, I think there's like a certain discount that you can add into, into there to kind of entice them up for that. It's kind of like having your own little online store, but it's on eBay's platform. You don't have to worry about marketing. Now, I agree, or I would say, if you are going to be serious about this, you're going to want to market, okay? Meaning, if you ever go type something into Google, like say you're looking for a, a particular brand of, of an old pair of shoes, like an old pair of capas, like maybe if you came up in the eighties, like me and man, I just, I'm, I'm feeling reminiscent. Maybe I'd love to have me a pair of capas again. And you go onto eBay and you type that in. Uh, so, 
or you type that into Google, some of those listings that you're going to see pop up are going to be eBay listings. The reason that is, is because they're, they're advertising. So they're paying to be on there. Now it may be pennies. It may be dollars. I don't know. It's going to cost. So you'll need to do some research on that. If you're planning to do it that way, if you're going to go that deep into it, but if you're just going to do eBay, put the stuff up on eBay and just see what regular normal Joe's that come on eBay looking for, or in chains, they come on eBay looking for stuff or, and, and they'll find your stuff then yeah, that's great. There's probably ways in eBay's platform itself. I know they have promotion where you can uh, put yours as one of the top ones. You see that it'll say sponsored or ad or whatever. You'll see that on any of the, the websites anymore. But point being, those, they're paying to be up there. You can do that within eBay, uh, definitely, to get more uh, exposure for your product or whatever it is that you're selling. Now, if you're doing like garage sale stuff, I don't know that I would spend the money on that. If you're doing like collectible stuff, that might be something we're doing. Collectible stuff can make a lot of money. Um, so along with eBay, if, it's, if you don't have garage stuff, uh, you may want to start doing some thrift shopping. Uh, you might want to be start going to other people's garage sales. I'll give you a prime example. We went to a garage sale uh, just the other day. Got a fantastic looking uh, platter, silver uh, silver cap platter, copper, dang thing, maybe worth a hundred bucks. We got it for eight. Put that up on, on, uh, on eBay. Why not? I mean, we'll probably, we may use it. I don't know. Uh, but still, if that was something that you, you were going to try to sell, you could definitely make that's What is that markup? That's pretty good. Okay. So even if, even if you put it for 80, if you want to sell it fast, put it up for 80. Thing will go fast. It's in great condition. That's the other thing. You got to make sure that you, you know this, what it is that you're looking at. Don't go getting into anything that you're, you think that this is speculative? I heard about. Yeah, don't don't go getting mixed up into that. Same thing with the stock market. I'm not dead. None of these uh, that you're going to hear me talk about are going to be stock market or Bitcoin or any of that. If you want to get into that, go for it. I don't. I'm not that guy. Do the research though. Definitely do some research. Uh, so back to the eBay. Check out your, your uh, local garage sales or go to some nice areas that have estate sales. Uh, go to uh, thrift shops in your area if they've got them, and just keep an eye out for those kind of things. Uh, to see if you've got, look at other, other eBay listings. You may find, be lucky enough to find something that somebody may not be familiar if it's got a little bit of value. You may be able to pick it up or you may be able to pick it up cheaper at, uh, uh, than you can get it in your area and and then you can uh, resell it in your area if, if it's a hot item. So those are uh, definitely some things that you could do uh, for eBay. The Some of the pitfalls for eBay, I will say, shipping is tricky, all right? So, there, there is one philosophy that uh, it, the, the free shipping is an enticement to a lot more buyers that people get turned off when they see that there's shipping inclu uh, not included. It could be. But make sure that you know and put in the accurate information on your product. It'll ask for the dimensions and the weights and all that kind of stuff. Don't, don't guess because that's going to calculate. If you're going to include shipping, man, I'll tell you what, that, you, that could ruin your listing right there. Shipping could be up to 15, 20 bucks, 25 bucks if you go FedEx or maybe even up higher than that, depending. So be very careful on that side of it. And on that, make sure everything you send is insured. I, I hate saying this, but our postal service has really dropped as far as the, the, the reliability over, over the last little while. I've had more problems shipping stuff with the post office than I have with FedEx. Uh, FedEx is way more expensive. 
But man, I tell you what, to know that your stuff's going to show up is definitely worth the, the extra because it, I've had to get lost and I had to eat them. I had to refund the money back to the buyer and I never got the product back. It got lost in space. That sucks. Now, if you're doing 100 and that happens once, that's not so bad. If you're doing 10 and that happens twice, that sucks. And that's what happened to me because I don't have a whole bunch of listings up there and I've, you know, haven't sold a bunch of stuff, but again, it's, it's money. It's been some pretty decent, uh, decent sales, you know, so a couple big ones, a couple small ones, but still it's stuff out of my house and it's money in my bank or in my pocket. So there you go. But just be careful with the eBay. Make sure you don't, um, do the research if it's stuff that you're not, if you're doing like, like I said, going to the thrift shops and doing that kind of stuff. I did pick up something at a garage sale once and I, I misread. It was a box that had a certain label and the product inside was a different model. So it's, I think they bought the, the what the box was and took their old one and put it in there. I didn't know enough about the thing, but fortunately it was still, it was like just a model older and it was still in really great condition. And so, but that could have gone bad. I mean, the, the buyer was very understanding. He had, cause I had pictures of the product, which showed the model numbers and all that. I listed it as what was on the box, not what was on the product, but he being a savvy consumer and actually a very, very nice guy. Cause like I said, he could have really hammered me on this and I could have had to pay shipping to get it back. And I would have lost money big time on it. He was just happy to have the piece cause it was still one he was wanting for. But again, I put pictures and accurate pictures and he knew, so it could have gone either way, but still, you got to be careful on your titles. Make sure all that stuff is accurate as possible, and you got all the uh, the uh, the proper paperwork for the product if it has paperwork and remotes and all that kind of stuff. Then it works. If you're if this is the like stuff that you're getting from thrift shops, and because you don't want to sell junk, that's not what you're trying to do here. You're trying to take a quality item that you're you find at a reasonable price and sell it to somebody who's looking to buy that, that item and they're willing to pay that price. It's easy, except they're not in your town. They're on the other side of the country. Bang. Okay. So there's eBay. Now, might've should have done this one before eBay, but garage sales. Garage sales are still a viable, man. I, I love going to garage sales. I'll tell you what, if you're going to do eBay stuff, go to garage sales. If you've got stuff in your house and you just need to get it out, try a garage sale. You don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about computer stuff because doing eBay you kind of got got to know a little bit how to work in computer. I get that. Same thing with Fiverr Network, garage sale now. No, you don't. You can do a garage sale right out in your yard, right out of your garage. Just be organized, label your stuff with pricing. Okay, be flexible on that pricing, definitely, and try to try to engage with the folks when they come up. You know, I mean, don't be like obnoxious. But, hey, how are you doing? Thanks for stopping by. You know, just be polite. But you also got to gauge the person. If they look like they don't want to talk to nobody, don't go badging on them. But still, just be friendly. Garage sales are still a, a viable means of making a little bit of extra money on the weekends. Now, I will caution you. If you don't like strangers around your house, don't do a garage sale. Uh, I've been in areas where garage sales were so so sought after that I was just cleaning out the garage and people were pulling over thinking it was a garage sale. So there's no reason not to. Now, again, I was like, I was going to say, check with your local, local city ordinances. There are some cities that require you to get permits to do garage sales and yard sales. 
there are cities that uh, have a, a maximum that you can have per month. So make sure that you're aware of all that kind of stuff before you go to get too deep into it. Don't want to get you into trouble. But definitely garage sales. Now, you can source uh, garage sales out of your own house, your own stuff. If you've got family members, and set that that also could go with uh, with eBay. Uh, if you've got family members that have stuff that, that want to... Uh, they want to offload it. You could do the listing and everything and do 50, 50, you know, and or work it out like that. Definitely a good option. But same thing with the garage sales. If you've got family members that have stuff uh, that they would also like to get, y'all could all get together, make it bigger. When you, you could advertise them in the, the local Facebook marketplaces. They have the, a listing for, for garage sales. I think uh, your Craigslist listings. Um, if you've got like five mile or offer up some of those uh, type, and those are okay for, for like doing like an eBay kind of thing. I've had hit or miss with both five mile and offer up. Uh, sometimes they work well, sometimes they don't. So I don't know. Um, but back to the garage sales, you can uh, definitely advertise them on there. And I think that's still pretty successful. Um, stopping at thrift shops, same thing like what we talked about with the eBay, kind of the same kind of setup. You're going to look for stuff uh, that you can find that it in an expensive price and then sell it for, you know, market up a little bit. Um, but again, you want to see volume. You don't want to see an accumulation of stuff start to pile up. All right. So if, if stuff's starting to pile up, lower your prices. You got to get that stuff out of there. All right. So don't, don't get into be don't collect more stuff in your garage than you're trying to get rid of. Okay. That's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to get rid of stuff, get it moving. So that's a great, great way to declutter your, your own home, uh, your friends and family's home. Um, so definitely check out the garage sale. Now, Amazon. Amazon, you can do similar to like eBay. You can, you can do individual products, but it's a little bit more fee prohibitive. The, the, the easiest way to be successful with Amazon is to use their shipping service. But there are a ton of pitfalls that go along with that as well. They have full control of your product. If your product gets damaged... They may or may not, meaning they damaged it, like it coming off the truck, it fell over and got broken. They may or may not re- refund you for that. Uh, what you got to drive over to the go over to the the plant and take a look? No, you're not. So they kind of got you by the by the short hairs uh, by from that one because I've had that happen. Um, they they certain products they will put a date on it. And if it's been there for too long, they'll start charging you extra for that. That really kind of sucks. Um, also, if your product has a expiration date, they will kick it, I think, a couple of months before the expiration date. So you got to be aware of that. Um, but I didn't mean to start with, with all the negatives on, on Amazon. But I will say this. Uh, there, is a way, there are ways to do it. It does take a lot of work. It takes a lot of advertising uh, budget to get started, but once it gets started, it'll pretty well, the, the marketing will, will, should pay for itself. If you're not, if it's not paying for itself, then you need, you need to change some things and, 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 uh, and not do that <laughs> because you're not in this to pay the advertisers. You're in this to make money for yourself. But the couple of different ways you can do, uh, uh Amazon retail arbitrage, kind of like what we were talking about with the eBay, um, seeing people go to like, um, like the, 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 
what is it? Something Tuesdays and uh, Ross and some of these, the discount type stores and picking stuff up there and then selling it on, on Amazon or on eBay. Definitely an option. Um, white label a product. So you're basically contacting a manufacturer of a product, having them brand it with whatever your brand is. And then they manufacture it, label it and send it out. Either they will send you out in bulk or you, there are some that may, that may drop ship it for you. And, and when you get the order on your website, it'll send the order to them and then they'll send it into a box and send it out to your customer for whatever fee. That's a pretty good way to do it. But if you're going to do it through Amazon, the benefit is that Amazon puts you in their uh, prime shipping option, you know, option. So a lot of people that are prime members, they will click that tab. And, and if you're not a prime uh, shipper, they don't ever see your product. Well, that's tough. Well, you got to weigh that into the, into the, uh, the cost of it because the, that is going to mark up the price of your product because you're going to have, uh, the FBA, um, fulfillment fees that go along with them holding onto your product and packaging your product and selling your product or shipping out your product. So you got to work that into the price. Now, Finding white label is a little bit more difficult these days than it used to be because China used to be one of the biggest uh, sources for that. Things are a little bit different now. I don't know how that works. But if you are interested in any of that, there's tons of, of research that you could do to find out. There's videos and all kinds of marketing goofy guys that are going to try to tell you how to do it easy. There's no easy way to do it. I promise you it is uh, something you'd, but it's like with any business, maximum effort, maximum return. You're going to put in the, the, the hard work and the back end work checking your listings for, to make sure that they're, uh, they got the, the right optimization, get your products, uh, from a quality provider. I would recommend trying to lean more towards us made just because that's seems to be a trend these days. Um, and it makes it a lot easier to source the product as long as they can source their raw materials, that raw materials seem to be the biggest problem with anything these days. So make sure that you're not getting into a, a product that the raw materials are going to cost you more now uh, than they're worth or then then because they're harder to find or that the, you can't even find them so you can't even produce the product. So be careful of that. Um, you could create your own product uh, and put it up there, but you better be able to mass produce it in order to be successful on Amazon. You're going to have to sell a bunch of stuff. You can't sell just onesie twosie stuff unless it's like high dollar stuff, like really specialty stuff. But if you're doing like, you know, $20 um, dog jackets or something like that. Yeah, you're going to have to sell hundreds and hundreds of those things for it to really, 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 really pay off. So a little bit harder to get into. Uh, may cost you a little bit up front, but if you're determined to give that a go, that's definitely an option. Uh, one to go ask. Now, one of the pitfalls, uh, Amazon changes their terms of service constantly. And unless you feel like reading that jargon on a regular, making it your life, you're going to have to hire somebody who knows what they're doing to do your marketing and, and keep your ads within the term of service because they will, they will ban your ad. They'll shut your whole listing down. I mean, you're really playing in their, in their sandbox and they, when they change, decide to change their rules, they can kick you in the balls. So be very careful of that. Um, ads, it's, it, you're just going to have to figure out how to do it or hire somebody to do it. You've got to get your product marketed. It's got to get out there and just putting a listing up on any of these sites People do go there and search, but you're going to have to drive people to it. That's really the most successful way or super, super optimized or buy their advertising to get yourself up at the top of the list. But even that, it can be very expensive. So watch out for that. 
uh, sources your products, it, it, it can be difficult. Some some of these times uh, or the days that we're in now, manufacturing seems to be seems to be pretty out of whack. I would say this: make sure that you talk to whoever it is that's going to be making your product. Find out as how much uh, experience they've got in doing it. Do all kinds of of back end research there and just do your due diligence. Got to do that DD man. Whether you're playing around the stock market or whatever it is, investing in your own self, in your own business, in your vendors, do your research. Make sure that you know these are quality people making quality products because you'll get yourself in trouble. Um, lastly, returns. Amazon handles returns weird. Some buyers are weird. I even went through some situations where I swear to God, and I'm not lying, I think competitors were buying my product on purpose and returning it just to just to take, bring down my uh, my ratings. And putting it so they could then put in because they they put in a verified review at one point because they it was really bad people just going on their competitors were going on to other people's sites and just putting butcher reviews and they had never even bought the product so they put in a verified review well still it doesn't want so they're still going to buy your buy your product and still give you a bad review and now they're a verified review and that's even worse so there is that some of that stuff going on be careful what what. Um, market niche that you go into because there are some that are super competitive and then there are some that aren't. So just, there's a lot of research to be done there. This is definitely not uh, giving you all the information you need to know, just exposing you to it, that it's there. Next one, Shopify and Etsy. You, you can do your own stuff. kind of like an eBay uh, using either one of those, but those also are kind of along, along the lines of an Amazon. They're just set up a little bit differently and their fee structures are a little bit different. And with both of those, you can set up what they call a drop shipping uh, system to where that you're buying the product from another source and they get you get the order, it automatically goes to them, they package it, and they ship it off to your customer. You never handle a product, you never have an inventory to handle. Now, like with anything, this is a little business that you're starting. You're going to have to market the heck out of it. Just because you built it, they ain't going to come. I'm, I mean, that movie is great, and it's hard, hard to uh, give you the, the feels, but it ain't reality. They're not coming. You can build the greatest machine in the world. If nobody knows about it, they're never going to see it. So marketing is huge with the success of most of your digital type stuff, but... With Shopify and Etsy in particular, you can have the greatest looking store, but if if nobody's going to be seeing it, it's just going to sit there empty. Very sad. You see this in in downtown here. Uh, any any of your neighborhood uh, stores, same thing. They can build a store, and they wonder why nobody's coming. It's because you're not telling people. You, these days, you got to announce it. You got to got to blast it out there any way you can. So Shopify and Etsy. Um. Online means more exposure. You've got customers all over the country. Uh, sometimes you can go international. Be careful of that. Very expensive, depends on, and there's customs involved on some products. Do you do your research on that if you're going to try to do international? I would not avoid, I would avoid that and highly not recommend it. Lowly not recommend it? Eh. Either way, definitely don't do it, um, it when you're first starting out. Figure this stuff out first. Then you can can you know open up to international sales if it's an, an option. So Amazon does the same thing. They do have international markets that you can jump into. 
I'd figure out the U.S. before I start jumping into any of those other ones. Um, back to Shopify and Etsy. Uh, definitely niche marketing is the key to any of those kind of things. You want to you don't want to be too broad. You want to figure out some specialty items and that that you may see kind of either a trend for or that you see not a lot of people have. But usually if there's not a lot of people that have them, there's usually not a need for them. But there's ways to do research to figure it out. Do some Google searches. There's some analytics uh, software that you can use from Google and try to figure out what are, what's trending out there on searching and try to tailor your store towards that. The main thing with those is you don't have an inventory that you have to worry about. You're not piling up stuff in your living room and in your garage and then asking if your neighbors can, ha- can handle some of it. That's, that's a tough way to run a business, tough way to run a household, but it can be done and you just got to figure that out. But for this one, you don't have to handle anything, but you got to make sure that you're using quality uh, drop shippers. Um, Obolero, I think, is the one that I was using. Um, that's one of the more popular ones. There's a couple others others out there. Just do some research. Again, there's tons that you can look up either on like YouTube. There's anybody who wants to tell you about how to do this. Just be, make sure that they're they're at least somewhat qualified. They actually have a, a shop uh, or whatever, and they're telling showing you through their shop. But there's tons of them out there. Now, I will see a uh, uh, quick reference though to uh, both eBay and Amazon as well as Shopify at, uh, and Etsy. Fiverr and Upwork is going to be your best friend, especially for marketing and advertising. Don't try to, if you're going to try to do it on your own, it's going to take time to learn how to do it. And the way that, that Facebook and Instagram and Amazon, how they change their terms of service so often, it's tough to keep up with. So I would highly recommend if you're going to try to advertise or market, go to there first. Give those guys a try. At least see how it works. They they'll do it by the by the uh, by the job or that by the month or however you want to do it. They they all have those setups. But definitely uh, let let the pros do that to start. There's uh, tons of other stuff. If you want to uh, build your own freaking site, uh, there's you can go to Fiverr or Upwork, and there's people advertising to build uh, an entire Shopify or Etsy site designed however you want it for uh, as little as a couple hundred bucks to a couple thousand bucks. Depends on how many products that you want and the detail that you want and if you want them to manage it and handle it. Again, these are options. Take a look at it. Uh, Shopify and Etsy, well worth looking into. It will take a little bit of money up front to get the, the shop set up and get your marketing done, but could be if you pick the right, uh, do the, do the research and pick, pick the right niche. You may do okay on that one. Uh, pitfalls, obviously ads, shipping and returns. You're going to have to, you're going to have to figure out how to handle that. There's always obviously going to be some breakage. Uh, hopefully, you know, again, being drop shipping, they should handle, uh, the, uh, the headaches of it, but still you're going to have that happen. That's going to hit your, uh, your bottom line a little bit. So just be aware of it. Now, I can't believe it took me this long to get to this one because this is one of the freshest ones that I've been working with, but farmer's markets. Okay, so the fascinating thing to me about these farmer's markets is um, it's just, it's an easy, you're doing something out of your home, give it a try, 
at the farmer's market. If it doesn't work, uh, then try something different. Um, but don't let that one thing or that one farmer's market deter you. So farmer's markets are great. Uh, if you've got crafts or, or handmade stuff that you want to do, if you've got a food item that you're really good at making, you want to test it out and see if, if, uh, if you might be able to make a side hustle out of it, farmer's markets are great for that. I would even say if you had a service, if you did, if you were like a starting out uh, in uh, construction and, and had, you know, was trying to do like um, electrical work or home repairs or anything like that, set up a, th- a booth at a, at a local farmer's market. Some of them are just once a month. Some of them are every weekend, but set up a, and, and there's all, any of those people, even if you got one or two of them, it was worth, you know, I'd, whatever you paid to be there. So again, exposure, that's what we're after. Farmers markets would be great for any of those. I think um, the the big thing about the farmers markets is you want to stand out. It's got to be something, not just that they could go to get it at a store. It's got to be something that that's kind of again back down to a narrow niche. Like a great, for instance, some of the, go back to look at listen to some of the episodes that I did with these folks. The keto one in particular that's fascinating to me. That is a narrow niche, but it's a huge need. There are people that need those products and those products don't exist. So, so this lady's making them it's in several of them, uh, but baked goods, um, sweet treats, all the, those kind of stuff that would be desired, but they can't have them be- because of their, uh, their uh, dietary restrictions. There's a crate niche right there. Bang. It's almost made, made, uh, made to order. So stuff like that to me is great to do for a farmer's market. The, uh, the downside is t- time of year. It's in Texas. It's going to be hot. You're going to be outside. It's going to be hundred and something. It's or it's going to be raining. And bless them, bless them's hearts. My my farmers market people. I drove by one day. It was raining so hard. I had to pull in and buy something from every one of them. I mean, if you're going to be out there, you deserve my money because <laughs> I tell you what, it was pouring rain, not just drizzle. This was people's. It was getting drenched. And so anyway, that, there's going to be that. If you're going to do a farmer's market, you got to think about that. Location, you may not have farmer's markets available close by in your in your uh, city. You may have to go to another city. Um, I would recommend if you're going to do farmer's markets, if you have the option to do multiple ones, give it a try. Figure out which one works best for you, the way that they're set up, the people that are there, the way that they operate, how often they're there. Give all, give all that stuff a go and then see whichever one that you kind of gel with and then Give it a go for a couple months or for that season or a season or two. See what happens. It's definitely a good option if you have them available in your town and you have any kind of these ideas that um, that are just itching around in your head that you want to give a go. Um, now, on its uh, side jobs, as an electrician, anybody in construction, if you're not doing side jobs uh, and you need a little bit of sound, uh, extra money and your company allows it, now, there are a lot of companies that discourage it. I'm not trying to go against your, your company. Uh, if you're getting paid well enough at your company, then that's great. But if you need a little bit extra and they don't have any overtime, side jobs are a good way to get started. That's how I started my own business. I advertised in a local newspaper and got hooked up with a couple of general contractors, a couple of pretty decent home remodels. And then next thing you know, I had enough business and I stopped doing my day work and started doing it as my day work. And did it for off and on for 20 years. It worked okay. I raised four kids, uh, bought a couple houses, a couple cars. We lived an okay life. I think it did all right. 
it could be anybody. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. Trust me. I, I ain't no rocket scientist, but I figured out a way to raise a family on, you know, pretty much making it on my own. So if you're, if you're up, but again, it's work. Let me tell you, not just the work that you're doing, but the other work, the keeping track of the money, the paying the taxes, the dealing with the materials and supplies. Now that's construction only. Now, if you can, my wife, she was in the beauty industry, skincare, got wax, you got uh, space that you got to, you know, do your services from the Sophie's for that. Or if you're going to open a storefront, you got lots of different expenses that go along with these things, depending upon how big you want to get. Now, as an electrician, I worked out of my own truck, had my own tools. Let's go get them. Go buy the stuff at the supply house. Go in and, at first, I would buy it at like my, the Home Depot's and that kind of stuff. Then I got to where had enough going, I could go to my local supply house and start actually buying it for wholesale. And then it just went from there. The, the main thing on it, make sure that your company doesn't have anything against it. Don't want to do that. Um, and then the other thing is make sure that you uh, do the best work you can. I mean, if you're going to, your reputation is going to, is going to hang on this. So you don't want to be doing shoddy work. You won't be doing it for long. Promise me. Promise you. Now, the other thing is licensing and insurance. Definitely. I would, I would make sure get insurance as fast as you can. If, if, if you, if there's insurance available for your type of business, make sure you've got it. That will bring your ship down faster than anything is if you have an accident uh, or, or damage someone's home. If you're in construction and you damage their home or a place of business, you dam- damage the place of business. I flooded a building out one time. Gosh, that was, that was terrible. I'm so glad I had insurance. <laughs> I drilled into this, uh, into this water pipe. We didn't even see it. It wasn't even there. It was in, in the, in the ceiling. Uh, and we were drilling up through the ceiling and it just, water just started shooting down and it was terrible. Called the fire department and all that. It was great. Not so good. Uh, cost me a little bit. Cost me a little bit of money. I can't remember if that, yeah, I'm pretty sure that had to go on my insurance. But anyway, long and short of it is that sucked, but I'm glad I had your insurance. That's all I'm saying. Um, the, uh, some great sources, if you if you're really thinking about doing it, great sources are friends and family. Obviously, I mean, goes without saying. If you're doing construction, let them all know. Uh, if you're doing uh, beauty services, if you're doing whatever it is, don't be afraid to talk to your friends and family. All right, if they're not willing to at least listen to you about your whatever it is that you're trying to get going, I mean, I don't know, but don't don't prey on them. Please. Okay. We, we've all had that happen to where one of our friends or family becomes an insurance salesman. And then that's all they want to talk about. And we're just wanting to talk about the ball game, man. That's what we used to talk about. And now all you want to do is try and sell you insurance. Come on, dude. Um, nobody wants to be like that, right? You want to keep you these relationships, but Hey, if you know anybody that needs an electrician, I'm an electrician now and I want to do some electrical work. So if you know anybody, let me know. And there's nothing wrong with that, I don't think. Because that's that to me, electrician, that's quality service. I mean, who if you need an electrician, you need an electrician. If you got some spicing up around the house you want to do, you need an electrician. It's it's not like I'm again, I don't it's not like I'm beating up on insurance people. Because I'm I'm telling you to buy insurance. <laughs> but there's certain insurances that I really don't need and and I don't have the money for them for sure. And uh it's not important enough for me to, to you know, nip it off of someplace else in order to buy that. So, but business insurance, general liability insurance, 100%. I'm behind that, 100%. Give me that. 
So uh, back to the sign job. So friends, family, sure. Um, if you got like little Facebook marketplaces or things like that, that, that allow for it uh, online, definitely do it. That the, the any chat rooms that you, you're on to uh, in your local area, uh, there's a couple of uh, alignable, I think is one uh, that we have that just popped up in our area. It's kind of like a, a local um, community um, message board, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word. I mean, all the local business, but they're all local. That's the thing. So you can network with them if they need something you you can offer it. Maybe some networking there. I see a lot of potential uses for it, but I haven't used it a whole lot. But other other places, if you're in construction, particularly property management companies, man, start beating their doors doors down. You can get a ton of work off of those kind of places. Now they probably already got a guy. You may have to come in and and really knock their socks off, but it's worth at least approaching them to see if you can get in because the quality of service out there these days, all you have to do is be good. You don't have to be great. Just be good. And you'll stand above at least 70% of the companies that are out there. Okay. Just be reliable. Show up when you say you're going to show up, do quality work and charge a reasonable price. Those three, three things right there, your phone won't stop ringing. I promise you. Okay. So definitely any of those type of, of, uh, you know, services that you, you can offer definitely, but property managers for construction, um, coworkers. I mean, if you do have a day job and it's, it's something that, that it, don't make it too weird, but definitely if you hear any of your, uh, coworkers that have a need that you, a service that you provide, it's a great way to get referrals because you do the work for them. Then they, Hey, you know, tell your friends, family, then they can share it. And next thing you know, you get another job and you're good to go. Um, so those are, those are some pretty good ones to go there. Pitfalls though. It is an actual business that you're doing here. Check with your city, local city, make sure there's no ordinances or need for a business license. We lived in a town one time in Nevada that you had to have a business license. You had it for the city. You had to have one for the County. Uh, I think he even had to have one for the state. Everybody was getting their piece of it. It was a mess. Uh, it cost a ton of money to open up a business in that area. Um, so check that, make sure that it's not going to be cost prohibitive from that perspective. Um, location, some cities require you to have a physical location. Some will allow you to work out of your home. Just be careful there. Make sure you know, um, insurance. Like I said, if you're going to do anything that deals with the public provides a service to the public, provides a product to the public insurance is you've got to have it. It's no bones about it. Don't run the risk. It'll ruin you. That's all I'm saying. Um, and then collections. If it's if it's a fee for service, if it's a product, product usually you get paid up front. Service. If you open a storefront, it's you know they'll pay uh, either beforehand or right after. If you're a contractor or or you do something like that, you may have to do a couple of jobs and then they pay at the end. You can work draws, but don't get too weird about it. As far as like asking for too much money up front, that, that starts to put people off. But the thing is, you're going to have to put out a little bit of effort or maximum effort, right? In order to get paid. So it's not going to be like your boss. You worked for a week and you get paid. Sometimes you may, it may take you a month to get paid. Can you do that? Can you float that? So keep that in mind. Now, if it's a service, like again, in the beauty industry, they get paid right after it's done. It's, that's kind of more retail, quote unquote. So 
that one's a little bit easier to manage, but are you going to, you're going to have to get a credit card service at, uh, for your phone. Uh, Square is one of them. There's a bunch of others out there, but you're going to have to have credit card processing. Don't expect everybody to pay cash. That's obnoxious. It's a digital world. Make it available for them. So, and it's not that hard. Square, you can get set up with, and their rates are very, very reasonable. Running a credit card isn't as crazy as it used to be. It used to be super hard um, on the uh, on the provider because the, we took all the fees. Then it got to where that you could start passing that on to customers, and then now they made it to where it's just it's a lot simpler, and you don't have to have all this expensive equipment, and the fee, they don't charge you the monthly fees that they used to, all that kind of garbage. So Square is a good one. Uh, just because I've used it before. Um, so that that is a good way to, to do collections. Make it available, and you'll get paid a lot faster. All right, so that's it for side jobs. The next one. So what? maybe you just got an idea rattling around in your head for a product or a service or something that you'd like to try or 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 give a go at. Now's the time. What are you waiting for? Right? I mean, it, this is the, the most opportune time to try anything and see if it works. I mean, for goodness sake, we had, clearly they were already a bunch of wealthy men, put together a, 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 a cryptocurrency as a joke and people made millions of dollars. I mean, that's crazy. So I'm not promoting that. But what I'm saying is your idea could be the next big idea. It could not be. But is, the longer it stays in your head and doesn't come out into the physical, it ain't going to go anywhere. All right? You can tell people at parties all day long. Until that thing becomes something, all you're doing is talking about it. It's just a dream, as they say. Maybe it's time to bring that into the real, bring it into the physical. Okay? So whatever it is, I don't know what it is. Maybe you, Maybe you've got... You figured out, a, a well, prime example, back to the farmer's market episode. She was going to make products that were keto-friendly. There weren't products out there of this particular time. She saw a need. She fulfilled the need. That's what we're talking about. If you've got any ideas like that, suss them out. Get out a notepad. Start writing it down. The more you start visualizing and then bringing it into onto paper, bringing it into reality, the closer it'll be to actually happening. You got to get moving though. Start doing it. So with ideas like that, so a product, maybe you thought of a product all your life. You were like, damn, I wish I, there was this thing, but I can't ever find it. Well, make it, Just draw it out, talk, talk it through, figure out what it would take to make it as a, as a real item Start contacting some manufacturers that make similar products. See if they, they'd be willing to give you a, a quote for what it would cost to make it. And then start working that way. Do it. Create it. Make it. All right? The, the, it's so, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's easier to take an idea and bring it into reality these days than it used to be. Again, using Resources like a Fiverr and Upwork. Using resources like the internet to do research and, and uh, find out what it would take to, to have a product manufactured and packaged and branded. And I mean, just start going through it. 
do the research. Again, are you going to look at TikTok all night or are you going to maybe look at better in your future? That's all I'm saying. So now this one is, is a little bit more kind of not as concrete because it's something that's in your mind that you're trying to bring out. But I tell you what, just start today and then work on it a little bit tomorrow, work on it the next day, commit to it and see what happens. Um, pitfalls, research, you're going to have to do a lot of research depending upon what the, uh, the type of uh, product or service or whatever it is. Um, sourcing the product or the raw materials, that could be hard depending upon what it is. Again, research is going to be needed. And again, marketing the product. Well, if it is a product that you're going to have designed, that's going to take some upfront cost and then marketing is going to take some cost. If it's a uh, an idea that you aren't 100% sure on how to bring it into the, the physical, do some research about that particular concept and see if there's maybe some others out there that you may be able to model against or model uh, model after. But homemade products, um, uh, baked goods, handmade crafts, uh, knittings, uh, dressmakings, all those kind of things, if those are things that you're interested in doing, that's also falls into this. If you've had, if you've always wanted to make a shirt, a particular style of shirt, give it a go. If if you want to start woodworking and, and making uh, benches, start making, start into it, research it, do it. That's what we're talking about here. So don't, you've sat on this stuff for long enough. You know you have. It's in there. It's ready to come out. The world is ready to see it. The world needs to see it. It may need to see it. So bring it on. All right. So that's that one. All right. This is one I've heard about. I've kind of had some success with it, but not really as trying to make it as a side hustle. But cars. All right. This is a... Buying cars, if you have the knack to fix them up, if you know a lot about cars, if you have any knowledge of cars, this could be a potential, at least could be big, could be small, but it's definitely, there's something there. So locating cars that need some work, it's maybe a car that's for sale because the engine light's on and they've got it sold for real cheap. You may be a handyman, you may, or with it, with a car, you may know you have some mechanical aptitude. You may be a mechanic. Check the car out. If it looks like it's something that you could fix pretty relatively inexpensively. They don't want to hassle with it. Buy the car off of them. Fix it. Make sure that it's, it's set and, and inspected or in, it's safe to drive. And then add a couple hundred bucks on it and sell it. What do you have in it? Your time, the part, make sure all that's covered. A couple extra hundred on top of that. And you're good. You do a couple of those a week. Man. You might start actually making a little bit of money on the side. And again, if it's, if it's cars you like, niche this one down, though. Don't just do any random car. Make sure it's cars that you're familiar with how they operate and you're familiar with the market value of the cars once uh, in the condition that they're in and in the condition that they're going to be in once you get it fixed and working. I would avoid salvages and, uh, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, rebuild titles, mess. Texas in particular, where I'm from, that's one, really the only one I'm familiar with. That guy's, kind of goes without saying on this. You're going to need to make sure you know the kind of the way the laws are in your, your city as far as registration and title transfers and all that. But it still can be done. But my point being, rebuilt and salvage titles 
will kick your ass because you've got to, in our area, you have to get a, a bonded title, which means you've got to go to an insurance company that you got to pay three or 400 bucks to on top of getting the title transferred in, uh, into uh, the new name. And then it's just, it's a big old hassle. Don't mess with it. Now, if you're good at doing this and you want to start getting into that, that may be a niche that you can make some money at because not a lot of people know how to do it right. And you could do it and maybe make a little bit where others aren't. The main thing on the cars thing, you better know what you're doing. And if you can do the work yourself, that'll save you more money. Now, if you find a good reliable mechanic that is willing to kind of work with you on that because you're going to bring them a lot more volume, you might be, be better off going that way. That way you don't have to get your hands so dirty. You know what I mean? You're just handling the transaction, the buy-ins and the sell-ins and the advertising. Um, now, again, I'm not, I've bought several cars. I've sold several cars. It's not that difficult. I can see if I had interest in doing it, how it could be something that I can make a little bit of money on. I've just ever only bought my own and sold my own cars. I've bought uh, cash cars for the past probably at least 10 years. And I mean, I'll buy a car for three, 4,000, drive it for a couple of years, sell it for a couple thousand. Damn. Are you kidding me? Versus buy a brand new car, pay 350 to, I've heard up to 800, depending upon the car, a month for ever. Now, nice car, sure. I don't really care about my car. As long as my car gets me where I need to go, that's all I'm concerned with. Really, I mean, now there's people who really like cars. They like expensive cars. Expensive cars, you could make some money on. That's all I'm saying. So, the some of the pitfalls, obviously, are these: is funding. You're going to have to have money to buy these cars. Now, I would say thousand fifteen hundred. You can probably find a halfway decent car that may have the engine light on and just needs like an aux sensor, um, something simple. Maybe a, uh, there's a, a sensor, another sensor or a vacuum hose or something. Again, you're the mechanic, not me, but I have done the work on the, some cars that have those instances and it, it changes the value by several hundred dollars or thousand depending upon what it is. So looking for those kind of cars, thousand, fifteen hundred dollar range, and slap another 500 on it once you've got the aux sensor or whatever it was that was causing the engine light on. And then bang. Do a couple of those and you're good. Start getting, once you've accumulated up some, <clears throat> don't spend every dollar you make. You're accumulating this so that you can buy the more expensive cars. Then you're going to start buying like 2500 $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 cars. Same thing. This is going to be better quality cars, but they're going to have engine light problem, whatever. Maybe I wouldn't, I would not get too deep into the, the body repairs and all that kind of stuff, unless you're really, really good at this. You also have to be aware of like lemon laws and those kind of things in your area. And again, don't get into selling junk cars passed off as good cars. You want to, again, your reputation hangs on this. That's all it goes with any of these. You want to make sure that you're doing the right. Again, it doesn't take much to set yourself apart other than be honest, be fair and charge a reasonable price. Like we were saying earlier, People will flock to you. Just do what you say you're going to do for what you say you're going to do it, when you say you're going to do it, and people will love it. It's easy. Um, back to pitfalls, funding. Uh, finding, where are you going to find these cars? Um, you're going to have, so you're going to have to do some research in your area. 
um, you know, your Facebook marketplaces, you're not going to get really good deals on those, um, like five mile offer up, uh, those kind of things. eBay motors. I'm very unfamiliar with eBay motors. I've not used it at all. I would try to stick with local stuff. Uh, if I would, if I were you, um, and then where are you going to work on these cars? Or are you going to hire a mechanic? If you're going to hire a mechanic, you got to work that into the cost of whatever you're going to mark the car up. If you do the work yourself, where are you going to do it? If you live in an apartment complex, they're not going to be digging on you, doing a bunch of oil changes and and uh, and uh, changing out parts and stuff out in their parking lot. Some of them. If you're in a home, if it's a rental home, they may not allow you to even do work on cars. I've had some leases that were that way. If you own your own home, your car, you may be in the HOA. They may not want you working on your car. So you need to you need to know your circumstance. If you're a mechanic and you work in a mechanic shop, I mean I don't know how that industry works, but maybe it's something you could work out with your employer. They're probably not going to want you doing stuff on their property. Just depends on what kind of relationship you got with them. Just saying it's a, it's an option. Uh, at least ask. Um, if you've got your own garage and you start doing well at this uh, or you and you want to try doing this and you can really start uh, getting some some headway hell give it a try I, mean, I don't see why not you're the pro you know how to work on, on the cars and where to find them this may be just a a, a feature that you should have or, or like flipping a switch for you you know what i mean so just a, just a thought all right the last one the last one is is kind of one that's been on my mind for a bit and it i really um, was made aware of how kind of the, the untapped this this uh, rec- or this industry is, and it's the knowledge industry. Now, what do I mean about the knowledge industry? So, throughout our lives, we all go through experiences, and there's things that we figure out how to do, or in either our field of specialty, maybe, or something that we experienced in life, like loss of a job and how to find a new job in a, in a tough market. Or it may be something that we're super interested in that we just do a ton of research on and, and play like kind of like the reporter for. Okay. So these three different categories here, your own expertise, your uh, kind of like your mess to a message, you know, something that you had to experience and kind of get some lumps. And now you got through on the other side that you could share with somebody um, or uh, the reporter that you're something that you're very, very interested in learning about and sharing, and then sharing that information with other people. Those three, three right there can cost you now the experience one. it may have cost you thousands and thousands of dollars to get that, that experience in, in, in time and in money through your own training, through your own uh, education, through your own experience. That's worth something in today's, day and age, there's people who want to know how to do things, how to, how to, how to get through experiences that they've found themselves in and that they don't even know how to navigate. Or there, there's, there's topics that they're interested in that, that they could go and search for days on, on uh, YouTube for videos. They could go look up a bunch of different books or they could go to one place where you've organized all that stuff and you've got it all right there for them. So this is a, this is one that really, if you think about it, anybody can do this. 
anybody. Now, you may be saying, well, Michael, anybody can go on YouTube and, and look up whatever it is that you're talking about as well. That they can. You are correct. But again, do they have the time? Because a lot of this stuff, there are steps involved. Multiple steps. So do they have time to search through every, because I don't know if you've done a YouTube video search in a while. Like I do, I do them quite often because I use YouTube a ton. They're, they're not very well organized. Um, there's ads galore, all right? And now even more ads than there used to be. There's an ad in the front, there's an ad in the middle, then there's an ad in the end. So some people are willing to pay just to not have to mess with that headache and just go to one place and get it. All of it just laid out. So now, you're gonna, again, this is something you're going to have to do some research on how to, how to put it together, how to build a course, build a, however you're going to do it. You're going to do it as an audio, as a video, as a whatever. But there's ways to do this. And it could very well be a viable option. So, um, some of the pitfalls, confidence, you're going to have to commit to this. You're going to have to have the confidence to put yourself out there. All right. So even if you're going to do it just as an audio, so like an audio course on, um, for instance, how to, uh, how to clean out your, uh, how to manage uh, your household budget. Okay. Now you may say, yeah, there's tons of, of, uh, of ways to go, go out and find how to do that. But think about maybe you, the way you're doing it is different than other people are doing it. Maybe you figured out some tips and tricks along the way that other people haven't and that sharing it might be what somebody else is looking for. So the thing about this is we've all had different experiences throughout our life. So your take on a particular subject and how it's done may be different. You may have figured out a technique that you're just using because that's the way you've done it that may be different than is done and may actually be better. But you, until you start doing the research to figure that out, you're not going to know. So this one is going to take some research. You're going to have to go out and figure out, are there already people marketing what I'm talking about doing? And in what direction? Is it the same? Is there some, a slight twist on it? Do I have a slight twist on what they've got? This is all part of the kind of the brainstorming process of going through this to figure out if, is this an avenue as this product that I could market as a knowledge product? Is it viable? Going to have to do some research. But there are, are already people out there doing this. There's very little monetary upfront cost so recording yourself, um, the confidence, you're going to have to be putting your face out there. You're going to be putting your voice out there. You're going to be putting your ideas out there. That can be frightening. Now, a lot of these, it's just a product that you're putting out. 
This one, you are the face of it. You are the voice of it. You are the idea engine that is, that is making this, that's laying this out. So you have to have the confidence in your idea and in your abilities. Now, if this is something that you've done all your life for 20 years, how do you, you don't need any more confidence. You've got all the confidence you need. If this is something that you've just started learning or you just learned how to do, it's still a viable product or knowledge to sell, but you're going to have to make sure that you've got it down perfectly in order to be able to convey it to other people and expect them to pay you for it. So don't be careful trying to get into things that you're not that familiar with unless you're playing the reporter side, right? If you're doing all the research, gathering it together, presenting it as a package to people in your own words or in your own way, then yeah, absolutely go that route. But if it's something that you just learned how to do, you better make sure you've gone through it multiple times. You're very familiar enough to be able to convey it to other people in a concise and logical manner. Um, there may be some, uh, some, some software like editing software or recording software. You may have to learn how to do that. There's tons of uh, avenue. Again, there's people who sell, who sell products, knowledge products about how to do all of these things, or you can go to eBay and do the research yourself and look it all up either way. The point is that information is all out there. Or you could go to a Fiverr or an, up, uh, or an Upwork and start, source somebody to, to do your audio editing, to do your video editing. All you do is just turn on your phone and, uh, and, and say your little, uh, say whatever it is that you've got uh, as your um, outline and then send it off to them to add the sparkles and, and get the sound just right. And next thing you know, you've got yourself a video. Put about 10 of them together, package it up as a your wonder way to do this, and bang. Start marketing it. What's it going to hurt? Give it a try. That's all I'm saying. So that's 10 right there. We did that in a little over an hour. Uh, I hope that helps. So I just, I know it's tough out there, especially with some businesses opening back up, some people lost jobs. There's, there's no reason to not figure out a way to make a living in this day and age. There's, I just gave you 10. Any of those ones, you put in enough effort, it'll work. Do the research. Put in the time. Be consistent. Be honest. Be, give out quality. Take that first step. It's what you got to do. All right. So this is MZ. I bored you to death with these 10 things, I'm sure. Uh, if, I, if any of it helps, kudos to you. Cheers.